If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Where the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who died Who gave that right to me And I gladly stand up next to you And defend her still today Texas, oh, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston, and New York to LA, where there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say.
And we have a lady visiting today from Greenville, Tennessee, who has been viewing us on social media and especially likes the Will and Jimmy show because it kind of tells her everything. And so give us your name one more time. Reba. Everybody welcome Reba today. And if anybody else is here visiting today, we welcome you. You are welcome in the house of worship today. And most of all, we pray that the Holy Spirit will be with us and that we glorify his holy name. All right, so we're going to have a congregational song, I believe, and the words will be on the screen. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. to take our prayer requests now for all of you who are participating in our online worship for Sunday afternoon. We invite you to type in your prayer request. And if it's a confidential need, please just say unspoken because many, many people will be able to view whatever you type. But if you want everybody to pray, please type in your request. We especially want to remember Nikki Today, she has been in the hospital now. I believe today is day number 15 in Holston Valley, and she has been turned down at I don't know how many medical centers in several states, and um, we thought she was going to be able to go to Richmond this past week, but now they're saying she may be able to go near Roanoke, Virginia, but she's needing specialized surgery, 
and she is very ill. So please remember Nikki when you pray. I know that she appreciates that so very, very much. Okay? And by those um, who are typing it in, please let your request be known. And those who are here in the building today, if you have a special need, would you just lift your hand and say, remember my special needs today. God knows what we have need of even before we ask, okay? So we give the Lord thanks for that. So now we're going to go to the Lord in prayer for all of our special needs today. Blessed and loving God, we thank you for this day and for your mercy. We thank you that your mercies for this day are new and we do not have to go back and borrow from yesterday. Lord, I pray that you would be with each of us today. Bring healing where healing is needed. Bring peace where peace is missing. Lord, bring hope where hope is absent. And we just ask that you would be all that we need and help us to realize, Lord, that we can't do this on our own and we can't be this on our own. We need you in our lives. So, Lord, hear our prayers today wherever we may be gathered in the virtual world and help us to cast our cares upon you knowing that you do care for us. In the name of Christ, we pray. Will everybody say amen. And right now we're going to join together in singing the doxology, okay? And um, we usually invite the congregation to stand. Some of you have been sitting a little while, so please uh, join us as we sing the doxology together. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God all creatures here below. Praise God above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Okay, Landon, are y'all ready for some music? Will you welcome Landon and Jeff and Tim and Mark as they share with us music today? If you know this song, sing with us, okay? The splendor of a king Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice Let all the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide trembles at his voice and trembles at his voice how great is our god sing with me how great is our god and all will see how great how great in his 
Joseph Habedank, but me and Diane were talking last night, and he wrote it because he was talking about performers. They get on stage every night, and they sing praise the Lord. They, they talk about the Lord, and they give a great message of what they're doing, supposedly. The question he's asking is, after you come off the stage, when the lights go down, when nobody else is around, and you're by yourself... Do you still pray to be like Jesus? You know, is your heart where it's supposed to be? Do you, do you just do it in front of people or do you do it behind the scenes at your house? So are you the person that you want to be, that you sing about or that you talk about, Pastor Will? You get up here and preach, but you've asked this question. You know, you said you're a bad person. To, you know, are you that person when nobody else is around? So it speaks to me because for years... I would get up and sing, but it wasn't what was in my heart. I was just doing a make-believe life that uh, didn't proclaim Jesus' name in the right way. So just think about this song. You not, might not necessarily sing, but when you go to work, when you're in front of people, what do you want to put out, right? You want to put out that you're a Christian, but then when you go home, you're in front of your family, in front of the people that know you, are you still that way? Do you still try to strive to be that way? So listen to the words of this song. It's a beautiful song. Each night I take my place I stand, I sing, I praise And every single face Staring back at me But do they believe That it's more than just a show Well, deep in my heart 
I know how expectations grow when you claim the key to be your everything. But when the lights go down, when there's no song, no sound, where can my heart be found? What kind of man am I gonna be when the stage is bare and there's no Will I be like who I sing about when the lights go down? When the applause has died and every tear's been cried. I've held inside No one else can see I feel so unworthy When all the music fades Into a yesterday There's still a secret place Calling out to me Oh, I know how this seems, but when the lights go down, when there's no song, no sound, where can my heart be found? What kind of man am I gonna be when the stage? When the lights go down I want to be like who I sing about When the lights go down That's a sobering thought, isn't it? That's a question that we can all ask ourselves and it's one that's very personal we can't say what about the preacher or the deacon or my brother or my sister but it's search my heart oh god so that's that's a very powerful message thank you guys for sharing your gift of music with us today and we just praise god for god's faithfulness
to us. We're in the season of Pentecost. If you'll notice, the colors are red, and we do change those from time to time, depending upon what liturgical season we are involved in. But during Pentecost, we celebrate the Holy Spirit and the church and the gift of the church and the world. How many of you realize that church is God's gift? And how many of you know that you are the church? Right? So just think about that. God is my gift. God has given me a gift. God dwells within me and within you. And that's what we're going to talk about today is the kingdom of heaven. And we have some scriptures that I'm going to be reading from our lectionary text today from chapter 10 of the gospel of Luke. And uh, it goes like this. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he himself was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. Let's stop there for just a minute. As I read this, I've read that several times this week, but how many of us know that when we read things over and over, all of a sudden something might grab us that we hadn't even thought about before. Now I did mention to you for the last couple of weeks that Jesus had spent three and a half years inviting people to come. Come follow me, come take up your cross, be my disciple. Now he is saying, go, go, and you're gonna be like a lamb among wolves. Now, how many of you would like to go on a trip in which you didn't take a purse or a bag or even shoes. Anybody wanna travel on that trip with me? Y'all shaking your heads, no. There's only one trip that I can think of that we're all gonna take. You know, and when that time comes, we're not taking anything with, with us except what Jesus has already put within us, within our hearts. But he said, you go out, you're gonna be among people who don't appreciate you, who don't really care about you, and who don't welcome what you have to say, but go anyway. And when you enter into a house, the first thing you do is say, peace to this house. Now we have a saying in church and especially as we're gonna be doing Holy Communion a little bit later, we think about that. But often the pastor or the leader standing in front of a congregation for worship will say, peace be with you. And what does the congregation say in return? Peace be with you, also with you, okay? So let's try that. Peace be to your house, okay? Peace be to you. How many of you know this is our house? 
not the building we live in, but this is our house. And then Jesus told them, if somebody who promotes peace is there, then your peace will rest on them. And if not, your peace will return back to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you. How many of you would have trouble with that? <laughs> oh, I, I know when I was growing up as a kid, I learned really quick that whatever my mom put on the table, that's what we got for the day, right? And if it didn't sound too good today, it would sound a whole lot better tomorrow because that's what we would have tomorrow, right? Um, we kind of live in a spoiled society, especially as we get older and make our own decisions. You know, we can make a lot of choices that please us a little bit more. But here Jesus is telling the disciples that to follow him and to be a disciple of the Lord isn't always about what I want, right? It's not, it's about Jesus. And so Jesus says, when you're there, you eat and you drink whatever they set before you for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house now I got to thinking about this and maybe me and my partner was going out to one house and maybe two more partners were going out in a different direction and they happened to get the house where all the good food was being served and all the fine drinks and maybe we're in the place where it's not, but you can't switch places. He says, do not go around from place to place. And that simply reminds me of an old cliche bloom where you are planted, wherever God places you, be satisfied with that. Don't try to be somewhere else or somebody else. But when you enter a town and you are made welcome, you eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and you're not welcome, go into its streets and say, in other words, go out where all the people can hear your witness. Even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. So that's what I wanna talk about, the kingdom of God. We hear the term kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven. And I want you to know, I used to ask, uh, you know, what is the difference? Because one verse might say kingdom of God and another might say kingdom of heaven. But after having done a lot of study and reading after persons who know a lot more about the original languages than I would ever hope to know, we can determine that they both are synonymous. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are really one and the same. It's just a different way of putting it. It's kind of like if we say uh, Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost. It's just one way different of saying something else. It's, it means the same, okay? Um, who in here has a, a nickname? Who has a nickname that you will share with us? What's your nickname? Jake. But I know you as Jeff. Okay, see what I mean? It's all one and the same person. It's, it's the same, simply a different way of putting it. 
But the kingdom of God is referenced all throughout the Scriptures, and I want to share a few of those connections with you from the four Gospels. Luke 17 and verse 21 tells us that the kingdom of God is in our midst. The kingdom of God is in your midst. Matthew 3 and 2 says the kingdom of heaven is near. Matthew 13 and 41 tells us of a weeding out of those who cannot enter the kingdom. And Mark chapter 1 verses 14 and 15 encourages us to repent as God's kingdom is near. And these are just a very few places where the words kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven are interchangeable, but yet it is all one and the same. The kingdom of God then, or the kingdom of heaven, can be described and explained very simply as God's reign and God's rule over all God's creation. Think about that. God is in charge of the universe. Do we know that? We may see chaos around us. We hear about wars and rumors of wars and famine and heartache and hardships and tragedies and uh, economies uh, of the world uh, teetering on the edge and inflation and recession and depression and all these things that we read about and hear about in the world. But be assured, God is still on the throne. God is still in charge of planet Earth and of all the galaxies and the entire universe. God is reigning upon the world. He's on his throne. A little man I used to know came to a church that I pastored, and I found out a few years later that he passed away, but he always sang a, a song, and it simply said, he's still on the throne, so what could go wrong? Grady, you remember that song and that man. I can't remember his name, but I remember it so well because this gentleman couldn't read. He couldn't write very well. He was very much uneducated as far as the world is concerned. But when he stood up to sing, all you could hear was the presence of God in his life and his assurance that God is still on the throne. So what could go wrong? God is with us. John Wesley said in his latter days upon the earth, the best of, of all, God is with us. So when all these things come, and the Bible says, think it not strange when all kinds of problems come and when people don't like you and people reject you and people complain and all these kinds of things. He says, don't worry about those things. Don't get your minds upon those things, but rejoice because your name is written in heaven. And that's the important thing that we have to remember today is that God who is supreme and who reigns upon all the earth knows my name. Do you ever watch a little colony of ants? Anybody ever do that? Let me ask you this. Anybody ever got into a nest of red ants, fire ants? I used to live in South Florida, in Miami to be exact, and I tell you, one day I stayed a little too long in one place pulling some weeds and 
doing a little yard work, and those things climbed up my legs silently and ever so silently. And I think one of them gave the signal to attack all at the same time. And those little red ants began to tear me up. And my clothes began to come off. <laughs> now, I said that because you laughed. And you understand how it can be. Those tiny, tiny little ants. And sometimes you have those little ants that are so tiny you almost, I think they call them sugar ants, don't they? Is that what y'all call them? The little teeny ones that you can hardly even see. Anyway, I'm thinking about those tiny little creatures and as insignificant as they seem to me, I realize that in the scope of all of God's creation and the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God and the reign of God over all creation, that I must be just about the size of the smallest of those ants in comparison to everything else. And yet, would you believe God is still mindful of me and he's still mindful of you? And we think about that in the kingdom of God. We are important. We are the church. The spirit of God dwells within us. And whether you want to recognize it or not, we often are the glue that kind of helps hold it all together because it is the Holy Spirit within us. See, the Holy Spirit could dwell anywhere that the Holy Spirit wants to dwell, but God chooses to live within us. Feeble me. Feeble me, even after the lights go down. God still chooses me. He chooses you. But the important thing is, he's still working on me, and he's still working on you. And I believe it's a lifelong process. We call it sanctification in the Wesleyan tradition. It simply means letting go of some of the things that we don't like about us and letting God take control and make something good out of us that we cannot make for ourselves. As I often say, God takes our mess and turns it into a wonderful and inspiring message. Right? Has that ever happened in your life? God takes whatever we offer to God and he magnifies it and he multiplies it and he uses it to glorify his name and to help the kingdom of God come just a little bit closer. God's purpose for our world, for the universe, is that you and I, as feeble as we think we are and confess that we are and recognize that we are yet sinners, saved by the grace of God, redeemed by the Lord's love, but imperfect beings, that God still chooses us. He establishes his saving rule on earth through Jesus Christ, through Jesus who is called the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You see, Jesus spent those three and a half years inviting people to come. Come unto me, all of you. Come follow me, take up your cross. Come, let's work together. It was Jesus who triumphs over 
sin, death, and Satan. And he reigns within our heart. You know the song that we sing? You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Boy, that was off key, wasn't it, Lennon? <laughs> that was really off key. Uh, well, that's all right. We're not about perfection here. <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, I'm so thankful for that. We're at Shades of Grace where anything could happen has happened and probably will happen again, okay? So don't ever get excited. Just, just go with the flow and be blessed and have fun, right? Have a little bit of fun. Life is too important to be miserable, right? Let's, let's be happy. Sing that old song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. God calls every one of us together as a people as citizens of God's kingdom. Christ also promises to come a second time to complete his reign by creating a new heaven and a new earth. Now, we don't know how that's going to happen, but we do believe. We sing about it. We read about it. We talk about it. But someday, indeed, all things will be made new. And in the process of time before that happens, it is you, it is I, it is me, it is each one of us who are continually being renewed. Be ye renewed. Be ye renewed. And every time you get renewed a little bit more, you become a little bit more like God like Jesus, right? It's a constant process. We shed off the old. How many of you know that wherever we go, whether we realize that we leave traces of our own DNA? That's something you wouldn't even heard about years ago in most of our lifetimes. But, you know, they're going back now and finding people from like 70, 80 years ago and using reverse DNA and, and doing all of this to track down people. You know, it, it's amazing what science can do in our world today. And you see, all of that has to do with God's kingdom, for God's kingdom has come near. And, uh, you know, if we knew all the mysteries of God, then we wouldn't be human, would we? The secret things belong to the Lord. But yet God reveals so many things to us as we move closer to him and as the kingdom of God moves a little bit more closely into our own hearts. I believe certain things can be revealed to us by the Spirit. The great mystery about the kingdom, and sometimes we talk about the mystery of godliness and we think about um, the mystery of faith, is that it is both talked about as something that we should all anticipate in the future, but also something that we have current access to right now. Right? I mean, it's like saying, I know that someday I'm going to be a rich man. You know, somewhere is that million dollars that I'm going to win. Somebody's going to call me and say, a lost, long a long-lost relative died and left you all this money. 
And guess what? I'd probably die a poor man. <laughs> However, riches are not counted by our bank account, by what we can hold in our hands. You know, Steve, our lay leader, I'm going to ask him in the next week or so to sing a song that I haven't heard him sing for years, and he's not here today, but you can ask him about it. And it simply says, hold loosely to the things that are fleeting. Learn to hold loosely to those things. Because I've already told you, on the trip that we're preparing for, we're not going to take any of it with us. We're going to leave it all behind. But the only thing we will take with us on that journey is what Jesus places within us and what we have been willing to give away to others. Can the church say amen? That's really what the kingdom of God is all about. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus invites us to pray that God's kingdom will come and that his will be done right here on earth as it is being done in heaven. You all know that is the Lord's prayer, right? Something that we probably all remember and recognize. Yet in Luke 17 and 21, we learn that God's kingdom is already here in our midst. So we can both anticipate that the kingdom of God is coming, but also understand and be assured that the kingdom is already in our midst. This is possible because God's kingdom is the reign of God, wherever God is. You know, there's a term that we've heard people use maybe in movies or in conversation, and people talk about maybe living in a certain place or being in a certain place, and they call it as a God-forsaken place. I wouldn't want to be in any place like that because God is everywhere. God is with us, and I do not want to be in any place where the presence of God is absent. So be careful how we describe situations that we don't particularly adhere to or enjoy or like because it could be a whole lot worse. Can the church say amen? It can always get worse. But the good news today is it's probably going to get better if you'll just trust God. Trust Jesus. Things will get better. I heard a guy one time say, well, I know for a fact that things, I can assure you and I can promise you that things are either going to get better or they're going to get worse, or they're going to pretty much stay the same. Now, that's about the three options that we have. But as an optimist, I want to be able to say things are going to get better because I not only recognize that the kingdom of God is here, but the kingdom of God is within me, and I'm not very far from it. And it's going to get better. We can't help but see things differently, knowing that when God is with us, no powers of this world can ever stand against us. Amen? So when you feel alone and you feel separated and you feel rejected and you feel like nobody else cares, then sing that little song, Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares, for his heart is touched with my grief. 
God loves you today. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. God's kingdom is God's reign and he is at sovereign work in this world, whether we see it or not. And he's doing that to redeem humanity, to redeem people. People need the Lord. I was gonna to try to sing that song today for you. I remember Bob, Mikey's husband, used to get up here and read that song. And we need to pray for Bob. He's not well at all and we miss him so very, very much. He was such a very faithful part of our congregation. And my heart is so saddened for his um, condition now with, after he had that heart attack and has Parkinson's and it's, it's just, it's very difficult. But I remember him standing up here and, and reading the words so that people need the Lord. And he began to weep as he read that and he began to cry, thinking about how people need the Lord. You see, the kingdom of God involves people. Jesus loves us. He died for us. And our future is in his hands, in God's hands. The sovereign work of God is to redeem humanity. And you know what the good news is? He will use you and you and you and you and you and everybody in there. Everybody say me. Say it real loud. Say it so everybody in virtual congregation can hear you. Did y'all hear that? All right. Jimmy's pulling the earphones out like, you know. I think Jimmy heard that too with the earphones on. He's, he's nodding his head, yes. But that's the good news today, that God loves me, and he's going to use me in spite of myself to bless you and to bless other people. Because the Bible indicates, and we believe as people of faith, that God doesn't have any other hands, feet, voices, attitudes in this world, in this earth, than ours, right? Everybody say amen. Okay, so Jesus says the kingdom of God is in your midst. The kingdom of God is with you. The kingdom of God is all around you. The kingdom of God is everywhere. Okay, so think about that. Um, Jesus addressed the Pharisees. Now, we talked about the Pharisees and the Sadducees just a couple of weeks ago, and I gave you the difference between the two. They were the two religious leaders, um, categories of the days of Jesus, and they, they, were, they were the... Well, anyway, they were the two big groups that mattered, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Do you know what the difference was between them? How many remembers it? Do you remember it, T.A.? All right. Yes, and this is it. And the way you can remember, they were, the Sadducees did not believe in a resurrection from the dead. That is why they were sad, you see. They're sad, you see. Say it to yourself. They're sad, you see. Now, you're never going to forget if you're ever called to be on the Real Jeopardy someday or even the Will and Jimmy show, you're going to know what the difference is between the Pharisees and the Sadducees because the Pharisees 
they were fair. They were thinking of a land that is fairer than day because they believed in a resurrection and a new life. But the Sadducees, oh, they must have been a sad bunch because they did not believe in the resurrection. Okay, that's your little lesson for today. Now, how many of you are going to remember that? And when I come and visit you in the nursing home and you're 104, you're still going to be able to give me the answer, right? <laughs> and I'm going to say, what in the world am I doing here, right? <laughs> now, listen, we've got to laugh a little bit. We've got to lighten up. I'll tell you, we, we ha give us a hallelujah roll. Now, don't you feel better already? How many of you believe that we have the best deal that's ever been offered, and that is that we are a part of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and we have a blessed hope that so many in this world have not yet claimed. And it's our job to let our light shine and to be a witness and let people know, I can give you a reason for living. I can't do it, but I can tell you, you know that old song I know, a man who can? Yeah. I can't take a heart that's broken and make it over again, but I know a man who can. All right. Take, sing just a, a sing something on that, Landon, and let Jimmy pick that up. And then I'll finish up my sermon here. I can't take a heart that's broken, make it over again. Jesus is the reason we're here. And Jesus brings the kingdom of God near. The more we seek to be like Jesus, the less of this world we will want to be like. And I might say the less that we'll be loved in this world as we seek to love him more because this world is at enmity with the kingdom that I'm talking about today. It's like a kingdom of light versus the kingdom of darkness. But Jesus is with us, and that's the important thing, to remember that God loves us. And Jesus let the Pharisees know that this kingdom of God would not be found by those with doubting and hard hearts and critical spirits when he said, the kingdom of God is in your midst. 
He told one man, the kingdom of God is so close that you're not very far from it. And you may be listening to these words today, either in this building or on social media, somewhere down the road in a faraway place. You might hear these words and you're thinking, there's just something more that I need in life. I'm almost there. I'm, I'm 99% there. Jesus said, you're not far from the kingdom. We have to let it all go. Like John the Baptist had said, repent, lay aside all the weights, the sinful things that detract us and hold us back and trust in the Lord with all of our heart and God will help us. Jesus said this to the Pharisees to help them understand his divine identity. He was making it clear to even those who opposed him that his presence is what would be bringing this kingdom down to humanity. You see, we can't bring it down ourselves, As the old song says, it's too tall, I can't get over it. It's too low, I can't dig under it. It's too wide, I can't go around it. I gotta go in through the door. He is the door into the kingdom. And that door is there for you and for me to walk through, right? We have to step through the door. And even though these same Pharisees and probably the Sadducees as they heard him preach more and more said that they desired the kingdom of God to come, but yet they were not able to accept the one who would bring it. They rejected Jesus. The scripture says, Jesus came to his own and his own received him up. To as many as did receive him, to them he gave power to become the children of God. See, they had all kinds of preconceived notions and ideas about what God's kingdom or the kingdom of heaven would look like. And their unwillingness to rethink what they thought that God could or would do to save God's people blinded them from being able to accept him as the Messiah. So we have to admit, it ain't about me. Did you know ain't is in the dictionary now? Right? If you can't beat him, you join him, right? <laughs> um, when I went to school, I don't think you could find ain't, but I believe things have changed a little bit. But you know what I mean. I'm talking Appalachian today. Did y'all see my little meme that I put on Facebook? I wanted y'all to laugh a little bit. And it's somebody speaking to somebody from Appalachia. And they said, I just love your accent. Say that one more time. And he says, wash rag. <laughs> we have people coming to this door every day. You know, we give out the, um, well, as long as they last, they, you know, they, for a while we have the laundry cards for the homeless men. Once a month we give them out. And eventually they run out and we have to wait till we get another shipment in. And those are always provided to us by St. Paul's Episcopal Church right here in town. They're wonderful partners with us. But some of these guys will come to the door and say, you got a wash card? Well, let me look. 
Now, see, guess what? You all laughed a little bit just because I said washed. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? We sang that a few weeks ago, didn't we? See, we even hear the music now. Wow, that's amazing to me. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? All right. Are you glad you came to worship today? How many of you feel worse after you came than you did before you got here? Y'all better not put them up. Did you hear how I phrased that? See, y'all just about jumped the gun on me. How many of you feel better now than you did before you got here? I do. I feel better. What about, the, would you wake some of those people up and let them know I just asked a question? Jesus loves you. The kingdom of God is near. Let's get out and be busy. All we have to do, if you notice in summarizing that entire text that I read today, Jesus just told them to go and to be. Be the light of the world. Just go and be. You see, God is the one who does the redeeming. God is the one who does the saving. All we have to do is go and love the world as God has loved us. For it is the goodness of God that leadeth us to repentance. You got a song we could sing together? Have y'all got a favorite? Victory in Jesus. Who said that? All right. That sounds good. Let's do a verse or two. I don't think you need the book for that one, do you? Oh, he's got to figure out which verses. Okay. We usually just make them up as we go sometimes. <laughs> I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How he made the lame to walk again And caused the blind to see Y'all don't know it either. Of his precious blood's atoning, then I repented of my sin and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. you, uh, Lloyd, will you come up here and do a little delivery for all of us, please? If you'll make sure that everyone gets one of these, please. We would like to invite everybody 
to participate in Holy Communion. This is God's gift to us. You know, Jesus left. The tomb is empty. He is praying at the right hand of the Father, and he prays for you and me by name. But he gave to us this gift, a sacrament, which is a sacred act the sacrament of Holy Communion. And Jesus took a very, very simple element like bread, and I talked about that a lot in the last week or so, of how bread simply represents food. But Jesus said, I am the food from heaven. I am the living bread. And we need Jesus. So he used a very simple element of bread and he used a very simple drink of wine. We use grape juice in the Methodist church because we understand there are those who often are in recovery who cannot or should not or need not um, have the alcohol at all. So we use grape juice in our services but we use those very simple elements of bread and juice. As God reminds us of what the kingdom of God is all about. I want to just read a prayer here and say a couple of things. And then we're going to share in Holy Communion. Will you pray with me this prayer? I'm going to pray it if you'll just listen to the words. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires are known, and from you no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Will everyone say amen? Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him. Notice this is God's table. It's not mine. It's God's table. Who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. And I want to read this and I want you to listen. And if you agree with that when we get to the end... I would like you to say together, Amen. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love, and we have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, will you believe that? Say amen. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for every one of us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. We don't need any more evidence, any more proof. That's it. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven.
In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. I were going to keep on till you get it right. Y'all are supposed to say the same thing back to me. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Now say that like you really mean it one time. That sounds like an eight-track tape that's running on a low cylinder or something. Let's do that one more time because this is really, really important because this is a time where we ask forgiveness and we freely give forgiveness, which is the greatest gift that we could receive and offer as we go out into a very hard world where we are sheep facing the wolves of life. So let's do that one more time. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Oh, I'm so proud of you guys. Y'all did great. Y'all are fast learners. Wonderful. All right. Thank you so much. As a forgiven and reconciled people, we offer ourselves to the Lord. And then I share with you the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Will you now take the piece of bread from the little cup, the little wafer? Looks like a little piece of cardboard, kind of tastes like styrofoam. But this is what we're using during the pandemic. Take the bread and receive it and eat it in the name of Jesus Christ. This is his body, which is given for you. And likewise, he took the cup and he blessed it. And he said, this is my blood poured out for you and for the sins of many. Drink you all of it. Now I told you we don't use wine, but I think mine was pretty close to it. <laughs> I, think, I think it's been sitting here through the pandemic and I kind of got one that had some of the dregs in the bottom. <laughs> Officer Clark, you're not checking us at the door, are you? Because just remember, you just had communion too. All right, now we've had fun. It's, we're glad, glad that Officer Clark is with us today. And would you um, just put your hands together and welcome him and thank him for all that he does. God bless you. Have a wonderful day today. Go in peace in the name of Christ our Lord.